0: Real quick, do I sound better like this, or do I sound better like this? Uh, the first one. Oh, okay. The second one, I had my mouth against the microphone. <laughs> why? I you, read that's how you, you do it. Why are you wasting time? I read that's how you're supposed to do it, so I was checking if that's true. And apparently, Is this no. Better?
1: Doesn't sound better.
0: No, it doesn't. I don't think. Yeah, I think with quality equipment, maybe. maybe it does. Yeah, with quality equipment, everything sounds better, <laughs> right? Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I'm Bob Canning. Tim, do you like to go to concerts? <laughs> do I? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? I, I Not really, no. I'm not a fan of... Did uh, you ever? A... Like, were you
1: ever yeah. a fan of going?
0: I think you know the answer that. I've been to concerts. I yes, I've been, been. been to. I don't think I've actually. I don't think I've ever been a fan of going. I've had experiences where I'm there and I've I've, I haven't minded it, but I hate going.
1: I went through a a, an era, late '90s, early 2000s, where I went pretty often uh, to see bands, usually in like smaller venues. You know, smaller bands, smaller venues. Um, And then I just stopped. I don't think I could do it now. I'm not. I'm not excited to go out. And I certainly, I've never been to any of those giant concert, you know, like stadium concerts. I've never been to a U2 concert or anything huge like that. It's always been small club stuff. You know we're recording, right? I do know we're recording. <laughs> okay, okay. There's You're a very good this. point to this. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I just didn't know if you wanted to keep talking about that uh, generically, specifically Talking about big arena concerts. Did you know that Hootie and the Blowfish are going on concert this summer? You do know we're on tour, yes.
0: No, i i I heard. I heard from the person I'm talking to, and That's not just right. now, but prior to now. Yes, Hootie and the Blowfish is going on tour. On tour. And they're today's sponsor.
1: Yeah. Well, the Blowfish are sponsoring us today. The Blowfish. Yeah. I um.
0: I mean, does that are you? I guess because you're bringing it up. I know it's today's. By the way, it's today's topic.
1: It is today's topic.
0: But um, yeah, they are going on a tour. They're a nostalgia act, right? Thinking the nostalgia act tour?
1: I guess they are now because I don't think they have a, a new album that they're promoting. So no, they'll, they'll just they be playing the no hits. No one should
0: allow that to happen. Just playing Solid Gold Hits by Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, are you going? Is that why you're asking? Is this your first big concert to attend?
1: I am not going. <clears throat> and when I saw that they were uh, reuniting for this tour... I thought, well, that's good for them, but I had no interest in going. But the, the reason I even suggested this album to talk about today is Wait, what because— What are we talking about today? We're gonna None talk of this about- has
0: been discussed. Again, we're recording
1: <laughs> for the show. I know. I, I think—let me just tell you my approach when it can, when we're talking about the topic. My assumption is that people have looked at the, the website or looked uh-huh. at the, the podcast— as, —as it loads into their, you know, if they're— um, uh, subscribed, and they're just getting it fed into their feed. It still pod has... catcher? Yeah, it still catcher. has the title. It still has the topic. So don't feel like we're surprising anyone by kind of skipping over the details of what we're talking about. The deets? The deets, sure. Tales? Details? But today, yeah, we're doing a, a compact discussion today, Tim.
0: Right. Uh, which is a what? What is a compact discussion? By the way, I'm sorry. I threw off... You had all this really worthwhile conversation and I derailed it with my dumb statement of what's this guy doing jumping right into the topic even though if one listens to the last seven episodes of this show I think they all open with me saying you know what I hate on other podcasts when they can't get to the topic and I'm doing that in every fucking episode
1: because I try I try and get no you're doing
0: great that's what I'm saying this is me saying you don't need me for this show you can do this solo I do I absolutely (laughs) do Today, you might not. Uh, But yeah, we're doing a compact discussion, which is uh, a segment where we take an album. It's been from the 90s, mostly, but from the 80s or 90s. And we're going to discuss this particular album that was relevant to the time, relevant to either the era or ourselves in the era. And we're going to discuss it uh, track by track by track. And the reason I say you might want to do this one solo is you picked today's topic, which is the band... Hoodie and the Blowfish. And the album? Cracked Rear View. And the people who like it
1: are not me, but they're you? Um, I I very much enjoyed the album. Uh, when um, it came out? When it came out. You did? I, I did. I played it a lot. I think you and, and our other roommates at the time despised me and the album. I'm going
0: to say only half of that. Okay. One and a half of the roommates of the time despised <laughs> you and the album. Because I did play it a lot. Um and the nineteen ninety four album. Did you get it in nineteen ninety four?
1: I did. I got it I got it in nineteen ninety four. I was I was in the hootie hype, I guess. <laughs> the hootie hype. Yeah. Um I got it in nineteen ninety four, played it a lot that year and probably into the next. I picked up their, their sophomore album, Fairweather Johnson, which has some <laughs> songs I, I very much enjoyed. Are and a title the I apparently enjoy. Yeah. Well, Fairweather Johnson. I remember when they named their second title, people went back and looked at the title of Cracked Review and, and thought of it differently. Oh. Yeah. You think of Cracked Review, you think, you know, looking back and you might have a skewed view of, of your history. Maybe that's what Cracked Review was. But then they named their second album Fairweather Johnson. And then you think, well, oh, Cracked Review is just butt crack, perhaps. And then there's that compilation, Titties.
0: Yeah. Right? So this, okay. No, I'm, I'm getting it now. It's not changing my opinion. But you like them from the get-go. It's interesting I because I don't mean to bury the lead, as people say, or spoil the rest of this episode or, or give you a reason to know how
1: difficult an uphill battle this to be. <laughs> I despise this from the beginning. You despised the band back in 1994. I think so. Am I yeah.
0: remembering that wrong? You might have a better no, sense of it. No, you probably did.
1: You probably despise them because of me um, to some extent. I'm going to give them credit, but okay. Okay. (laughs) They'll take it. No, but I I was very shocked. And the reason I wanted to talk about the album is because when I saw that they announced a tour, many of my friends, some old friends from college, some recent friends that I didn't know back in their college years, so many of them, surprisingly, were sharing that, that announcement and saying, oh, yeah, getting tickets. So what? excited. So this is great. Getting tickets? Yes. So many people. Ahead of time? Yeah. For this show? Free sale, man. For the Hootie tour. The fuck? Really? People you know
0: and call friends in 2019 <laughs> are thrilled that Hootie and the Blowfish Absolutely. are coming back on tour? And again, is I think Is it a maybe- stadium tour or is it a tiny
1: venue and parties? I, you know, I did not – we I, we probably should have examined that, and I'll, I'll look it up real quick.
0: That's a waste of our life if we did, but okay. <laughs>
1: no, I'm pretty sure it's like a big tour. Um, you love mentioning Better Than Ezra, and I think you already have in this episode. I wouldn't be surprised if they're on the bill. It's one of those types of tours where – I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if Better Than Ezra found their way to somebody else's bill. I got to see if Live is on this as well. Uh, so oh, my God. We're going to figure that out right now. No, thanks. Um, but – well, i and I know why I am. why are you shocked that
0: you're because you you're saying you like the the album we're gonna talk about is, mm-hmm. is rear rear crack crack from nineteen ninety four the first album. but why are you surprised that other people your age that you call friends, I don't, but you call friends
1: are excited for this tour? Why is well, that surprising? It's to surprising you? to me because I feel like I just kind of assumed everybody went through went through the same thing I went through, where I very much enjoyed the band. Not everyone, by the way. Not everyone, and everyone's different. But in I this enjoyed, conversation, I enjoyed the band. I enjoyed the album. I liked the second album that came out pretty soon afterwards, and then I just kind of stopped listening to Hootie and the Blowfish. I moved yeah. on from Hootie and the Blowfish, and they were, you know, classified in other groups of bands that that I liked and enjoyed at the time. Presidents of the United States of America, uh, for one. Jesus. I, I listened to that album a lot. Um, I, I can't think of, you know, Sponge. We brought up Sponge the other day, Bush.
0: I like one song by both of
1: them. Yeah. And so it's like uh, bands like that that I really enjoyed in the moment, listened to their albums a lot in the moment, um, thought maybe I would be fans of the bands for a long time. Like I, I bought the second album – you thought you were Hootie. gonna remain a fan
0: of Hootie and the it Blowfish. It was possible. I 1994. I bought, 1994 the, I bought the second
1: prediction. album, I liked it. I did not pick up anything else from Sponge or Presidents of the United States or uh or, <laughs> you're or doing Bush. okay with
0: that decision.
1: But <laughs> um but yeah, it just sort of I was kinda of just done with Hootie and the Blowfish. They were fine. If I heard one of their songs on the radio, which by the way, you never do. I don't hear Hootie songs ever. On the radio, and I listen to a variety of radio stations, including oldie stations or all the '90s stations. And Hootie never comes on, so I just thought really? we were all, i thought we were all done with Hootie. I've heard him in the grocery
0: store. See, I don't. I never do. I believe really because I think like track four of this album is the hold music on the uh United States uh Suicide Prevention Hotline number. I think that's what they put on <laughs> number four. Yeah, so well, because when you dial in to the suicide prevention, it's like press one for prevention, press two for assistance. If you hit two, I think track four is what plays. Interesting. Um, that's uh, so you're not hearing them, but they are. I mean, they are a '90s band. I think of Hootie and the Blowfish as a brief period of the '90s that we were in a position to hear because I look at them and I think. I think of them the same way as I think of Dave Matthews. I think dumb frat guys. Sure. I think, and again, they're a little more radio friendly. You know, maybe they're uh, one roofie in my Frutopia short of Dave Matthews, to use that example again. I just, they to me sounded like, and when I think of it, it's just like the douche dudes, and I'm, I'm making horrible generalizations here, but douche bag dudes in college with their baseball caps, And just their abusive opinions towards others and their love for sports and just putting this on like it matters. And I'll tell you something, because we're going to discuss this entire album that I sat through (laughs) yesterday. This album doesn't matter to me, but you brought it to us.
1: Yeah. This matters to
0: you? This is an important album to you? Or is it because they're on tour that you brought it? I,
1: I thought of it because they're on tour. I thought of it because it did matter to me at the time. And when I say matter... I guess I mean I listened to it and liked it and liked it enough so to I listened listen to it, it, it as well cuz it was everywhere thing. this album yeah. was everywhere. It was. Um and and you know I just thought it would be an interesting thing to look back at since I I haven't uh listened to it since 1996 maybe 95 96. You still have it? Does I still it have it. I do. I've okay. got
0: the two. And so you haven't gone back. So that's 2 years of concentrated 24-hour-a-day hootie, and then nothing. And then no hootie. What was your take, your opinion, your feeling when you heard they were going back on tour, you personally?
1: I thought, oh, that's cool. That's fine. That's good for them. Great. I don't need to see that. Yeah. Um, But people are. I'm
0: shocked uh, that people are scooping these tickets up. They are. Excuse me. And choking other people up with these tickets. Um, And I just took a quick look.
1: It's actually the Bare Naked Ladies that they're touring with. Ah, yeah.
0: Well, when we get into talking about them, Bare Naked Ladies comes up quite a lot. Sure. Oh, these bands, (laughs) these radio-friendly, popular, probably talented, but I couldn't stand them. Fucking bands, because they all just feel like manipulative. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm laying this out right now. Sure. They're manipulative bands. They just sound like the music you put on to get somebody in bed. And again, I don't mean to be gender specific, but I think male-driven. Duchery. Sure. That, and we'll, and you know what? Let's get into it because yeah. I think we're going to go track by track in this album that you have, and I thankfully never have. There are albums in my collection. I'm like, why do I own Third Eye Blind twice? Why do I have that? Why do I have this live Bare Naked Ladies album and nothing else by the Bare Naked Ladies? I don't have this. The only song I have by Hootie and the Blowfish, and we were discussing it before we recorded, full disclosure, everyone, is they did a cover. We just found out it's a cover of I Go Blind. It's on the Friends soundtrack. Right. And I like that.
1: I think I you and I agree that. that that is our favorite Hootie and the Blowfish song. Well,
0: I think it's the one we can listen to. I don't <laughs> think we have to have a favorite Hootie and the Blowfish. But yeah, I'm, I'm generalizing. But this band represents to me a movement in music. And I say mo- movement in music, a movement, I guess, of where we were at college. Because mm-hmm. if I had grown up in high school and heard this on the radio, I'd have a different feel. But I feel like this music was used to create a pseudo- presentation of oneself, like Dave Matthews Band, like Bare Naked Ladies, to just basically appear endearing and smart and appealing without doing anything. It's like phony plastic, to quote Matt Dillon, beer and lifestyle music. Matt Dillon in singles has his character, Cliff Pontier. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think of this with this album. That's but you a, liked it, and I yeah. don't remember that. You don't remember Me liking it, that's
1: very surprising.
0: And I don't think of you like that. Like I don't apply my generic, generalized, apparently coming from a place where I feel like I've been wronged opinion of fans of this to you. I'm willing to accept you like it, and I'm looking forward (laughs) to discussing why I don't and why you do, but I don't see you as the target demographic, fan, or persona that I think of that likes this album so what let's let's get into the album Yeah, though, let's get because, into it because
1: because part of me listening to it for the first time in decades was me actually trying to understand why i liked it then because it did oh, not good. grab me this time around yeah well i want
0: to know why you like ass crack yeah.
1: mirror what is the actual name it's not half-assed
0: mirror what is it called? cracked rear view cracked rear view yeah butts okay so this album starts off with a track. with a, It's a name, I guess. Is this a name we
1: should know? It's called
0: Hannah Jane.
1: Hannah Jane. Right? I just always assumed it was someone that Darius Rucker uh, wrote about, someone he knew. The Hootie of Hootie and the Blowfish? So they say, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just one of those Lovelorn pop songs singing about Hannah Jane, although I don't think Hannah Jane is ever named in the song.
0: I think you're right. I think it's just the title of the track. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is the one I thought sounded like the Bare Naked Ladies. I don't know. This is, it's, it's bland 90s radio guy music. Yeah, it's very. Do you remember
1: how the song went or
0: are you playing it in your
1: ear right now? uh, No, I knew how this one went. Um, And actually when I went back and, and listened to it um, for the first time and this, these chords started and the song started, I, it was a pleasant memory because I literally have never, I've not heard this song for 20 odd plus years and, uh. It was like, oh, yeah, this song. Because I don't think this was a radio hit.
0: It was, I don't think so. I had never heard it before. Yeah.
1: And it's just got a nice light, bright sort of feel to it. Would you say light, bright, and forgettable? And forgettable. Yeah. There's not, you know, one, once you're hearing it, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember it. But to try and remember the melody to the song after the fact, was very difficult for me. In fact, we, we discussed how I need to have the songs here in front of me that I can actually just play real quick to remind me which one we're talking about, because except for the radio hits, I really have a hard time remembering the melodies to these songs.
0: I'll tell you, and I typed this trepidatiously in my notes because, as to remind myself, of everything on this album, I mean, this, this particular track actually could have been a Paul Westerberg song. I hear that. I, thought. I mean, it's not his, the singing voice isn't his, right. but everything else about this song, and I, I, for fans who for some reason don't know, fans by the way, for people who listen to the show, um, Paul Westerberg is like a hero of mine. And I loved his 90s solo output, but yeah, this, everything about this, but the voice could have been him. Yeah. This could have been one of his poppy, lonely guy love songs. And I'll tell you, as that thought came over to me, I don't know what to do with that thought. (laughs) I don't know what that means because I am so set already in despising Hootie and the Blowfish. And then they'd be like, wait a minute. It's a thin line to step over to go from Hootie and the Blowfish to a Paul Westerberg song. That's a generalization. But yeah, there's a certain feel to 90s male pseudo romance. I
1: don't know. I mean, is this a romantic song to you? It has, yeah, it's a romantic song. I mean, there's romantic qualities to it. I don't know. I, I should have written some of the lyrics down because I don't remember any of them. But we'll get to some lyrics on the other ones because I wrote some down. It's about, you know, basically, uh, I, I feel like it's about having uh, unrequited love for this woman, Hannah Jane, because uh, he sings about how they're friends and he th- sings about how he can't stop thinking about her and and all that kind of generic love stuff. Is that
0: what he sings about? It's very generic. Yeah. Is that what he's saying? I think so. All right. If I recall. I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. This stuff can be
1: romantic, background romantic, I guess. Yeah. And it's pop. It's like, it is the most pop song on this album, I think, like where it's this upbeat, um, you know, radio friendly song where the rest of it while still radio friendly, has more of a, a, a almost a country roots sort of sound. Just an, a, lot of it a an does. underpinning of it.
0: Okay. I, think. I That's generous. I think it's because it wasn't a radio hit and you didn't hear it every day. Mm. So you can distinguish it from, if we move on on the track listing, sure thing. a run of radio hits. Radio shits. I might oh say. man! Well, because
1: what's track two on this album? Well, the "Hold My Hand" is track Hold two. Hold my hand, yeah. Was this the first single I, off I the album? I believe it was their first single off the album. Yes. oh this
0: this song when this came on, this is every douchebag sophomore <laughs> idea of romance. This is the cutaway montage of asking that girl or guy you're into for a day around town. This is playing when you're know, like, "Here we are on the duck tour. Here we are on the top of the Prudential." <laughs> Here we are, sneaking some fries off some power executive's lunch. This is the song that you put on when you think, I'm with my true friend, and now we're going to be out out, out somewhere. and she'll, She or he will be dancing, and I'll be across the room watching, and the camera will slowly push in on me, and I'm going to realize, wait a second, I love this person. This is a fucking cringeworthy song. Oh, really hate it cringeworthy? It's, it's so phony. It's so, it's it's just, yeah, he's telling this person, pop songs do this, but this was what people, this isn't a romantic song. This isn't a romantic album. And this song is set up to be like, hold my hand, do what I want to do. We're going to do this. Yeah. Ugh.
1: There's a lot Does of that, that, mean that. run
0: with you. I don't even know what that means. But yeah, yeah. I hate this song. you really, I do, I
1: cringe at the sound of this. Oh, man.
0: Is um, this at your wedding?
1: No, this was not at my okay. wedding. There was nobody okay. in the Blowfish at my wedding. What do
0: you think of? I'm sorry, I should let you go first. What do you think of "Hold My Hand"? Um, that Beatles song, "Hold My Hand."
1: I, I I think most of what you're thinking, and and it comes through in a lot of this album that it, it's really so many generic uh, romance ideas and lines and throwaways. There's no. Nothing personal about it. There's no story that he's singing about that is just about him and so specific to him that it, because of its specificity, you can also apply it to yourself. That happens in in music all the time where you can just fill in the blanks. But this, it's like their goal was to touch and and make sure everyone can can understand what they're saying in such such a bland kind of way. In the what kind of way? Bland, they are bland. But who yeah. sets out to be bland? I don't know that that was their goal, but that's that's the outcome. I I feel. But you're we're only
0: two songs in, and you're you're already you're you're, you're talking about the unspecificity of it, it and the blandness. And you loved, I it then. loved
1: it at the time. I loved it at the time, and I was trying to time. figure out why that is. Yeah, and why I, is I was trying that? to do like a. Uh, because a lot of my music history, it goes from band to band to band. Like, I heard this band, which led me to this band, which led me to this band. Okay. Um, and in high school, I was listening to, as we've talked about numerous times on the show, Huey Lewis and the News. Yes. And Harry Connick Jr. Sure. And I feel like this is a natural next step. It's weird because between that, I got into hip hop. I got into some... I don't, I don't know if it's heavy metal, but some heavier music. Um, extreme? I'll, 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 you got into extreme. I got into extreme, but I got into Living Color. Um, okay. And then I got into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, and the grunge scene. All that happened between Harry Connick Jr., Huey Lewis, and the News. And then came Hootie and the Blowfish. And it was almost, for me, almost like taking me back to my high school years of music, where it's these you know, um, non-threatening males singing generic songs about love. And maybe that's why I, I liked it, because it was more my age, although Harry Kong Jr. is my age. But Huey Lewis, I feel like he was 60. I felt like he was the oldest guy. Um, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't, but he felt so much older than I was. And so these guys are literally in college. They basically had just gotten out of college or dropped out of college to do the band. They it seemed like they were my age. And like you were saying, frat guys drinking beer, Ugh. baseball caps, the whole shebang. And I just – I don't know. Maybe I felt like that brought me back to the music I was listening to before. Maybe that's what the tie-in was, this generic, happy, general idea of romance. That's funny. I mean, that's that's
0: insightful. I It's interesting, too. I hadn't thought uh, Harry Connick, but I thought a little bit about Huey Lewis listening to this album. Yeah. I think a little bit of like everything you were just saying, because yeah, the song Huey Lewis has songs that I don't know if they're romantic songs, but you can apply them to a crush. You can apply them to, I'll play this while I think romance, but you have to do all the work. Hmm. And it's interesting you're saying that this was almost, I I think, am I paraphrasing, putting words in your mouth, a step back to that? Is that what you're saying? Or is this the, do you think coming out of Harry Connick got you to this or this is kind of like a way of looking back? Maybe your first instance of nostalgia. Yeah,
1: it might have been my first instance of nostalgia in a way. Because, you know, um, I mean, Harry Connick was putting music out, but Huey Lewis was not um, through my college years. And so this was like my new Huey Lewis in a way. Just this upbeat, um, generic, apply it to anything sort of brand of pop music.
0: <laughs> but you still listen to Huey Lewis. I can still listen
1: to Huey Lewis. I can Lewis. still I listen to Huey, still Lewis. Like like Huey Lewis. I do listen to Huey Lewis, Lewis all the time.
0: They're better musicians. That that band is a better group of musicians yeah. than Hootie and the Blowfish.
1: I think we could say that.
0: Yeah, but is that because we grew up with it and then got to this, or is mm. that a musical? It's an fact excellent point. That? I don't know. That's an excellent
1: point. I don't know.
0: Did but you found the song romantic? Hold my hand.
1: Oh did sure. You put this on mixtapes? Oh yeah. What? At the time you put this on a mixtape? I don't know if I put this on a mixtape. I oh, okay. I was answering your first question of did I find Sorry. this song romantic? I'm sure that I did. Yes. Did it's I put so it on mixtapes? Probably not. I think at this time I was uh, putting the if I was going to put a romance song. Uh, what's that Lemonhead song that was good uh, around that time? Um, Shit! I just heard it too. Damn it! Um, it'll come. Fucked to me. up?
0: Uh, <laughs> no. no. Okay. Um, was it in the Before Sunrise trailer? Uh, it might have been. The I, I Know a Place uh, yeah. where we can go. That's okay. the one. That's the one. Into your arms. Into your arms. Called.
1: If yeah. I was gonna put a romance song, I was probably leaning towards that. Because that's the thing too. I was still leaning towards more alternative music. So I don't, I don't really know why be and the Blowfish. Grabbed me so well. Uh, well, what about this
0: third track? Third track. It's called Let Her Cry. This oh, was yeah. a
1: radio single, right? I believe it was, yeah. What'd you think of it? Uh, again, at the time, I thought it was the most poignant song I'd ever heard. What? Apparently, I wasn't listening to a lot of good music at the time.
0: No, 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 no. You, you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am totally insulting your <laughs> musical taste. You thought this, at the time, was the most Romantic song
1: I got into it. I don't think it was romantic. I think it was more of a sad song um, where he was kind of coming to terms with, you know, he can't he can't do anything to change her her depression, her sadness, her state. And so I just have to let her cry. And I thought it was a nice little sweet song about that. I might be wrong.
0: What a hero the singer is. Yeah, oh, a lot the of the voice of the song. There's what a, a super guy. Who is he addressing in this song? Oh When he says, himself. let her cry. Who, he's, he's always singing to himself. to
1: himself. There's a lot of songs here where he's telling himself how to act and what to do.
0: So this is him with the girl who's crying. He just heard no, she talks to Angel her. on think, the radio. Now he's going to write this. I
1: kind of think he's like, I'm going to come over here and have a beer and let her cry. He's not even like... Holding her. As long as I can get drunk. <laughs> um.
0: By the way, spot on Darius Rucker impression. You might have thought he was in the room. Really? Okay,
1: so, What did you think uh, of it this time? Is it romantic to you still? No. My my comments aside. It really wasn't. There's a lot of songs on here that, that just creep me out a little bit about. Oh. Um, is this one con- of them? Control factor. He sings a lot about, you know, hold my hand is, you know, a demand. It's not you know anything beyond that and let her cry is a decision he's making controlling that situation Yeah. Um, it's it's the
0: male college mindset yeah, you own and your it, lady and you it, control it your gentlemen they're yours
1: you make them do what you want them to do yeah it didn't come across to me at that time that way no but i'm hearing well, you're not it that way definitely hearing it this time
0: yeah okay no so th- i think that's there and I think as adults, and hopefully more aware adults than we were at 20, we can see that. But yeah, no, this, you know what else this actually reminded me of when I was listening to it, when it came on for some reason, all I could keep thinking was, um, well, I was walking to Memphis. That was in my head
1: <laughs> for some reason. That's another one. That's another Roots Rocky pop song.
0: Well, I was walking to Memphis. Do you like that song? Uh, no. Walking with the,
1: no? Not, not, uh, not, not a how fan. how I it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't think I like it, but this song made me think of that song. This is a long song. How long is but that song?
1: The Let oh, Letter Cry? Yeah. It's like it's over five minutes long.
0: I think so. I know when it ended there were still sixteen seconds left of it. <laughs> so I know it's pretty long. But no, I yeah, this is this is like a singer who wants you to notice that he's letting her cry. Yeah. What uh, this is someone who wants you to notice, hear how sensitive I am. I'm telling. Yeah. This is this is a real problem of a douchebag. It's a mentality that people have. A Whoa. lot of people have. But I think it was very male is how I would have witnessed it, and maybe even had at times. I hope not, but I'm sure it was there. You're just the best in the world, which I think leads us into track four. Let's track another radio
1: hit. Yeah, this is one of my favorites at the time. Only want to be with oh. you. Only want to Did we already hear this one? No. <laughs> no. This is the first time we're talking about Only want to be with you. Okay.
0: This one kind of sounds like friends or something. I have to say this the sound of the oh, song yeah. is very Oh yeah, it's 90s got that,
1: that really, you know, upbeat acoustic guitar opening, you know, the the repetitive da 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 da. Yeah, and
0: then the sorry stalker starts singing about how he's the greatest guy. Uh, You did you like listening to this?
1: Uh, Again, it was that feeling of having not heard it in a very long time and then hearing it again. It was nice. It was pleasurable. It was pleasant. Do you think you related
0: to it at the time? Like, is this a soundtrack song back then, if you can think back? Or is this something you're like, oh, yeah, this is a sentiment I share. I want to tell someone. Because I can imagine putting this on a mixtape with someone you have a crush on. Yeah,
1: it's weird because, no, none of these songs became mixtape songs.
0: Oh, I was well, good. Kind that's why of you're in still, a lasting relationship now.
1: I was still seeing my high school girlfriend kind of on and offish.
0: We, during the Hootie and the Blowfish years. During
1: the Hootie and the Blowfish years, but I don't ever remember sharing Hootie and the Blowfish time with her. Like, we were long distance when I was at school, and then when I was home, it's not like, oh, let's put Hootie on the player and drive around. It, we did it. Hootie didn't become... It was, I guess, just a... Th- uh, the album I listen to in my downtime, in my moments, it's very strange.
0: Do you think because someone who you liked being around and respected and, and did respect you, but apparently didn't express it in the conversation about this band, <laughs> because they're dismayed that Only Want to Be With You is coming out of a speaker, did that force you to compartmentalize and push this band away? Which I still think is fine, but that's a rude thing for me to do or an unfortunate situation for you to have. No, I
1: don't think that was it. No, I think, I think Hootie just sort of faded into the background. Um, They, I don't know the name of their third album if they have a third album, Um, but their third album didn't interest me. Um, I didn't hear radio play. I didn't hear a single or anything like that. That would have caught my ear and be like, Oh, I got to pick up the third Hootie and the Blowfish album. Does the second album sound just like this album? Um, it, it, to my recollection, because again, I haven't listened to that one in forever either. Huh. It was a little more restrained, I think. I don't think it was as um, more restrained. Like, well, I feel like I feel like this song has it's all every or this album, everything is played at at like the level eight. Like every song has the same instrumentation. Maybe there's a fiddle thrown in somewhere, but <laughs> there otherwise is a fiddle thrown. In. Yeah, otherwise it's like it's got the same kind of. Generic guitar solo in each song. Even the 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 kind of sad songs have the same upbeat tempo. You know, maybe there's one that's a little slower on this album. It's the same song. They for all 12 sound songs. the same. And I kind of remember the other album. There seemed to be a little bit more variety to the sound. You're calling that restraint? <laughs> like, oh, they held back. They yeah, because something. I feel like there's a lot of just you know, four on the floor, everything kind of playing at the same volume at once, kind of thing.
0: Do you think they were a manufactured band or marketed to sell stuff or were they a dignified, respectable band that was making it in the club circus and then they got this club circus, club circuit,
1: I think and then they this were, album came out? I think they were a self-made band. I don't think they were manufactured. What does that
0: mean in 1994?
1: I think that they formed themselves. They played locally um, around. I mean, the cover of their album is just pictures of, of – uh, I, I forget the city, but the city that they basically formed in. Charleston. I think they're from City Town, USA. I think it's Charleston. Uh, no. South Carolina? North Carolina? One of those Carolinas. Um, Sorry to no fans of ours,
0: because <laughs> yeah, who lives oops. in Carolina Carolinas listens to this?
1: But I think they were. I think they got popular in the area, um, on college campuses, playing around, and some- That's f- the thing. They're popular on college campuses, because
0: yeah. douchebags looking for something can relate. You're not a douchebag. I'm not saying you, but I'm saying- No,
1: I'm a douche. I was I was partially a douchebag, I guess I'd How? say. How? How are you a douchebag? Oh, douche I feel bag. like I was. I don't see this. I, I think there are aspects that, like, I have grown and gotten better over the years. I think uh, I probably wasn't the worst person in the world, but uh, I wasn't the most, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I don't know. I was not in a frat, but I felt like I could have been, if that oh, explains really? anything. Yeah. Like, I, I well, considered uh, pledging a fr- fraternity. What? I did, for a little bit of a time.
0: A lot of people do. Yeah. And it I would have been not a dick Necessarily that anything influenced wrong our with friendship. That but people. I hated the idea of frats. I remember them coming around freshman year to all the dorm rooms and right. sitting in a friend of ours, Joe and Chris's room, and they came in and saying, hey, we're pledging. And I felt like they very quickly rescinded their offer <laughs> anyway. <laughs> But I didn't have a second of thinking, and you know, I was insecure and everything. But I'm like, "Fucking frat, no thanks, no." But the phone, like, I don't want to, I don't want to be with you. To quote, to paraphrase this song, but know, I'm so you were running I, I from the realize. frat. I was. <laughs> That's just, the next song. To segue. But before we segue, oh my god, there's what 14 more songs. We'll be quick. As, well, because I just want to point out that this song, "Only Want to Be with You," does contain. One um of the worst verses ever written. Okay. I'm glad you wrote some lyrics down. What what is this? So Only Wanna Be With You has a lyric that goes, put on a little Dylan, sitting on a fence. I say that one is great. You asked me what it meant, I think is the lyric. And then he just says some lyrics from the Bob Dylan song Tangled Up in Blue. Uh-huh. He just ran out of lyrics. <laughs> He does say in their frame, he does say, Ain't Bobby cool? But he's he's playing like a, putting on a Dylan. Kids are like Dylan, and here we are on a fence. Like, what? None of this happened. And he's like, putting on some Dylan. What's that mean? Oh, instead of telling you what it means, let me break copyright law and sing the lyrics to tangle. Let me sing the lyrics to a good song in our song and sing a decent amount of those lyrics. You don't get to do that, Hootie. That's not songwriting. That's not composition. That's not thought. There have been other that's songs. we do that with your song. Th- we then play and say, this is what it feels like. In the song itself, you don't put a mixtape in the middle of a song. There
1: have been other songs that will quote other songs. I, and I'm not saying
0: there aren't, but I would ask for you, can you present one? And do they say? Do they ask you if the music that's playing is cool? Uh, ain't Bobby cool? The, Nobody calls Bob Dylan Bobby.
1: The one that comes to mind is it's that, 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 that built-to-spill song. Uh, the you Were, I like Bowie, you Were David Ray.
0: Bowie. No. He's saying he likes someone, and hey, that's a good song. No,
1: yeah, no, 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 the You Were Right song. Oh, that's
0: a great song because he's using different lyrics right. to say this is what these lyrics are saying. That's great. That song's fucking amazing. What's it called? I think it's called You Were Right. Hey, listeners, stop listening to us. <laughs> Babylon about Hootie and the Bloodfish. Go check out Built to Spill's You Were Wrong or You Were Right. That song's powerful, and that is a song about writing this song probably. That is a song about being a fan of music. That is a song about caring about
1: music. And I buy it. This would be be a great college essay, compare and contrast these two songs. Sure. Yeah.
0: They're not just saying, here are the lyrics. They're there for a reason. Look over that fucking song. Each of those lyrics is showing... Each of those lyrics is a contradiction, you know? But each of those lyrics is it's not this if they're i by the way i'm blanking on all of the quotes but <laughs> that's not this yeah. i'm not even sure who dean the blowfish know who bob dylan is maybe they wrote this but somebody wrote this for them i'm not convinced that they know this album that they care about tangled up in blue it doesn't have to be sacred to them, but it's like they're they're freshmen saying like i did instead of bob dylan was like look at my sex pistols album that's all they're doing and now I'm going to tell you what's on it and I'll read the back of the album. That's all that that's that's shit writing.
1: It's funny that 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 you're going so hard on this particular song because of all the songs on this album. I have always felt that this one is the most personal. The one that they're actually he's writing about himself. And it inclusive of that his fandom of Bob Dylan.
0: Is he a fan of Bob Dylan? I'm, I wouldn't know to because he sings because, Bob Dylan song in this
1: album. Because other lyrics in this song are very are far more personal and less generic than everything else on the album. Um, the one that stands out is that uh, the dolphins make him cry, um, meaning the Miami Dolphins, the football team, not dolphins in oh, general. Okay, can I relate to that? <laughs> well, bullshit. no, I I could relate to that. Oh, good point. It, so kidding. it was a very personal, I. Felt that this had some very specific things about him um, that maybe could have done t- to your liking a little better. I think he
0: made a laundry list of things and he fits them in the song: there you go. sports
1: team, musician,
0: fence, <laughs> which is what we Langston do. Winston Hughes. It's it's kind of like that song in Rent where they're just naming shit. <laughs> Dylan, fence, the stage. I mean, I just, ah, ain't Bobby cool. Nobody calls him Bobby. It's not, first of all, get out of here, Jim Backus. I'm on the mic. No, nobody calls him Bobby. Ah, that turned my stomach when that line came on. Because I'd never heard that before. Oh, no. I've listened to the song. I remember it being on the radio. I've been in a Dentists' waiting rooms. I've 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 waited while somebody's water broke. I've heard this. I don't. I did not remember that he sings a Bob Dylan song <laughs> in the middle of this song. Ah, uh, uh,
1: Well, what's the next song? Uh, the next song is called "Running from an Angel." Mm-hmm. What's this about? What is this song about? Well, I tell you.
0: <laughs> I mean, the music is interesting in this one. You like this the, is the, the one I think is the with the violins, one, right? Yeah, yeah. or are they fiddles? That's interesting. I <clears throat> I feel like he kind of thinks he's Bruce Springsteen on this one. Okay, maybe, which is okay. People do that. Um, I'll tell you, from what I remember, a great song opens with. The phrase "Don't look a gift horse in the mouth." That's a gross image. <laughs> it starts this fucking song. He sings, "Don't look a gift horse in the mouth," and now all I have is the animated segments of "hee-haw" running through my head while this fiddle plays. He's not saying any. You ask me what it's about. He's not saying anything in this song. Yeah. At one point, he's just saying the word "running" over and over again.
1: Did you remember this song from the album? Uh, I did. I remember the the fiddle refrain uh, at oh, the you beginning. Did. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. who's but this band it's like, he's it's, with? It's the kind of song that I remember when I hear it. Like again, you if you had asked me to tell you what "Running from an Angel" sounds like from the debut album by Hooting the Fish four days ago, I couldn't have told you. Can you now? Because I'm forgetting exactly what it sounds like. Um, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing him sing the "Running from an Angel" part in my head. Um, so. I'm not gonna sing it to you though, because I can't do the Darius record like you can. I'm really good
0: at it. I remember that one part. It's um, was it? It's. Well, I was walking to Memphis. Is that this song? <laughs> it's close, but actually. What What do you do? You like this? Did I just ask you that? Am I uh, totally? Yeah, no. Forgetting this one everything?
1: never really was one of my favorites.
0: It's blank. It's, very, it's not bad. Though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. In my notes, I'm actually <laughs> this is the one that has the most compliments in it. <laughs> And yet, it's also got in cap all cap lock, no saying anything. I think it's supposed to say <laughs> not saying, <anything."> no saying. <laughs> Which again is fine. Your songs don't have to say anything. Pop music doesn't always have to say anything. But I feel like this song maybe thinks it does. Here's a religious image. Here's a horse's mouth. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't know. And I, I mean, I probably assumed it was a like a breakup song, maybe. But I don't even think that's it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I don't get a feeling from the song. Again, maybe this is the one moment where we can talk about the rest of the band. A talented band. Sure. An actually talented-sounding band blocked <laughs> by the warbling, I'm going to say Dylan-esque in the sense that he previous song said the lyrics by Bob Dylan. Lyricist. That is the front man. That is, I think, what people, I mean, do people think of the rest of the band? His name isn't Hootie, I realize. And they're not called the Blowfish, but the name creates that separation of lead singer and band, you know, even though that's not his name. Like, I, I can only think of what he looks
1: like. Yeah, I have an image of the, the rest of the band. You do? Well, at least two of them that that's are pretty distinctive looking in my mind. There's a tall, gangly, long-haired blonde guy with a baseball cap on backwards. And then there's a more... Uh, uh, thicker Kind of balding guy With his uh, baseball cap on forward They were all wearing baseball caps Most of oh, the time man. The whole fucking band
0: was in baseball caps <laughs> it Seemed that way <laughs> No one in the production team that created Who the Blowfish ever <laughs> said Maybe we have too too many baseball caps <laughs> I mean I don't think I'm angry at this song I mean I'm a little disgusted by the horse image I just it, I, I did just have the feeling of Nothing's happening Yeah did you need this on your – could your album be one track shorter and we'd be fine? Could you take this out?
1: Probably. Or do you take out the next track? Again, another one that I'm I'm looking at the title and I have no sense of what it sounds like. Drowning. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the next one is I'm Going Home.
0: Do you want a couple lyrics? I wrote a few down. Oh,
1: let's hear them. Uh, this is the one I that had the most straightforward storytelling, I think.
0: <sighs> okay. You mean storytelling uh, tropes like, don't go, please stay? Yeah. Sky ripped open. Hold heart like a soldier on their last day. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing? Yep. These lyrics are bad. <laughs> it's straightforward. I can't not hear how bad <laughs> it's the lyrics in this song. It's not even, no, it's dull. There's a difference between <laughs> straightforward and dull. Or there's a thematic use for straightforward that is absent in the use of dull. The music in this song is fine forgettable but fine but the dull wording of these lyrics make it so bad i mean this this is a song about his mom right Yeah, uh, yeah his mom passing away it is nondescript unremarkable only because of these lyrics mom passing away what an insult oh man <laughs> now if you're gonna write a song about your mom and claim she meant so much to you but- You owe it to her to write that song. You're you're absolutely right. Something of value, not just, isn't this sweet, I I care for my dead mom. Can't you hear it? This is exactly what you said
1: before. It's about him. It's not a song about his mother. It's a song about him going home and him feeling sad and him crying himself to sleep at night. And look at me and how I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a dick move. Yeah. It's look at me, I'm it's 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 what I guess kids in college are. I I'm sure I was. Yeah. It's it's the, the center of the world. And it makes for but sometimes that makes for great music. There are plenty of songs about me, 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 I, woe is me, emo music, Radiohead did it, other bands do it. But this is so transparently phony. Mm. We're supposed to be like, oh his mom died. Which again, very sad. I'm I'm not intending to make a joke about that, but it's so nondescript. I don't know if his mom has passed away.
1: I this doesn't feel personal. His mom is still selling t shirts on tour, is she? <laughs> I don't. I doubt <laughs> it. Ah, uh,
0: this is when I almost stopped the album, but then I was like, "Well, then I have to go back to the album." <laughs> so I just let the album keep playing. I hated this song, and this is the pivot point. This might
1: be side two. Yeah, and this is like the one song where they actually do change the volume a little bit. <laughs> Damn it. Now I can hear it over here too. <laughs> no.
0: Do, do you like this song? No. No. Does this maybe, it sounds like you're, and again, I'm putting words in your mouth. It sounds like you're figuring Hootie
1: out or Darius Rutger out and not liking it. Is that true? Yeah. I've I've learned more on this re-listening than I, than I knew at the time. Now, do you think
0: that's the person or do you think that's just, I'm not into this music anymore? Because those are two very different things.
1: It's, I don't know. There's some some music that I'm still into where I don't necessarily like the the lyrics anymore. I don't like the theme, but I still kind of enjoy the song because it's a great melody, great great song. So I'll still listen to it. Here, Did these ever have good melody. These songs? no. See here, it's like like generally what I do with our compact discussion albums is I will listen to them multiple times to make sure I have a good sense of of what we're going to be talking about. I could not listen to this album a second time. No. I listened to no. it once, got through them all, and thought about going back to them because I, I listened to it early enough that I was going to have a couple more days. And I was like, no, I just, I can't do it. I can't sit through it again because I don't have to make the time for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's not lot lot like I could just put it on in the background while I'm doing dishes or something. Although I guess I, I, guess I could have, I, but I, I chose not to. This album angers me. Oh, it does. To listen to it angers You are me. tense.
0: Some of this is for show, for dramatic license. Some of it is me taking out aggression on people I don't care for <laughs> via this music. Why? Why does it anger you? I- is it because it's popular? I think there's something in there about that. Yeah. Because it, it feels smug, but not okay. snotty. And I think those are different things. There are plenty of bands that are sma- snotty. this is snotty. Sure. The replacements are snotty. Uh, Other bands (laughs) are also snotty. And and again, that's because I grew up with them as a child. I liked them. I thought that's what adults are. And it's still fun. And there's clever wording. I mean, there are replacement songs that if I had just heard them now for the first time, I think I'd still like them. I want to believe I'd like them. But if I was a 43-year-old and I met 22-year-old anyone in the band like, what are these fucks about? (laughs) But I lived it. I I lived and applied it to my life. And they're well-written and they tap into something. What bugs me about this is they're smug. The image in my head is of them being like, Aren't we sensitive guys? Aren't we great rockers who are in touch with something? And it's like, you're not. This is why I hate Dave Matthews' band so much. They're so in love with their dumb instrumental solos and the <laughs> stupid singing voice with receding hairline. Uh-huh. What did you say? Nobody. Uh. And they think they're so good. They think they're tapping into something that just, to me, in my vantage point doesn't exist it's not there yeah. you're not tapping into something yeah
1: the thing that rubbed it's me, a full album of it like i, I like the first three or four maybe even five dave matthews band albums i still have those what yeah but i, I that's a lot of garbage uh, but in your i hear CD no, collection. i hear what you're saying though because i started to get rubbed the wrong way by them uh when they sang don't drink the water which i think is on their third album I have no idea that. Well, But that's when they start to be smug and better than you are. And here I'm going to teach you how to live your life. Um, Here's the good things to do. Here are the things you shouldn't do because it's so wrong. Um, And I just didn't, yeah, you you, you kind of, there's some bands where, I don't know, if you do it the right way, you have the right songs, you have the right lyrics, maybe you can go with it. But then you get into stuff like that, and it, I, I, I don't think saying. there's a right way to tell someone how to
0: live their life. I,
1: I don't know. I don't think <clears> there's a song <throat> that can do
0: that. I think the songs that we like, and I'm speaking for us, and I should let you speak. Sorry.
1: No, no, no. Go say what you're going to say.
0: I feel like the songs I like, and again, I like them, so I'm biased. I, you know, you were talking about him as you know, you were saying he's singing about himself. A lot of bands sing about themselves, yeah. to be honest. And the ones that do, where it feels sincere where it feels like they're tapping into something, where they're trying to express something. Maybe they're talking about something I've never heard before. Maybe they're just trying to share and, and and put it out there. And they're not necessarily trying to get you to go, that's amazing. They're putting it out there, which I think is what art is. You do something, you hope there's an audience because why else are you putting it out there? But you put something out there and you just see... Gary Shanling, I remember hearing interviewed once, he was talking about doing stand-up comedy. And he's a very neurotic comedy. He has a very personal act. And he said he finally figured out that he could do that act and should do that act because he would write these jokes and in his head he'd be like, is it just me? Is anyone going to get this? Am I the only one who feels this way? Are there other people? And he would go up on stage and he would do the act. And just with that mindset of, is this just me, meant he was presenting himself for real. And you put it out there, and some jokes go over people's heads. Some audiences are just there. They so like, do your TV bit. Do Larry Sanders, whatever. But some people grasp onto it. Yeah. And there's got to be a fucking feeling of connection when you, as an artist, someone grasps onto what you're doing. And there's a very brave boldness of putting stuff. I mean, there are plenty of bands I don't like and artists I don't like who I'm still like, well, now. I didn't think of it then. But now I'm like, they're putting stuff out there. That's brave. See where it goes. I can't relate to it, but see where it fucking goes. And there's nothing on this album that I feel is like anyone saying, like, I've got to, I want to express this. I have something to say. I have a feeling. I have an uncertainty. And I'm putting it out there. There's nothing of heart in these songs. And the fact that they were on the radio being played and the fact that they were popular and the fact that because even then I'm like, this is phony. I think I put the faces of people I thought were phony in their faces, sort of. Mm. And similar to Dave Matthews, they began representing – Phonies, fucking, like this next song, the next track, Drowning, which is sort of his perfect world by Huey Lewis. (laughs) This is a fake fucking song. This is a world's a hard place pseudo observation that says shit. And he even tells you at one point peace is coming, like he's figured it out. He's like a preacher, like a dumb fuck preacher. And he's singing like, why do you hate me? I don't know. And all these stupid kind of like all about him. It's like, you know, <laughs> you're a bullshit frat guy who's not even trying. You know why we don't hate. And it just, I, I don't entirely know why it makes me so mad. Yeah. But it
1: really does. Wow. Did you like Drowning? God, I couldn't even tell you what Drowning was. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I just know I it can't.
1: Was world's hard. There's a lot
0: going on. The world's
1: a hard place. Blah, blah, blah. Is that the one where he sings that uh, I don't look like you? Yeah, yeah, which
0: I felt like he's trying to say something, maybe. Right. If I think about it, maybe. But I didn't get it. Do you think it's there? Do you think he's saying something? Am I not giving it the attention
1: no, I maybe he should? It's it's everything you've been saying. It's so superficial. <clears throat> it's it's not a song about a specific thing that happened to him, told in a, of, uh, in a way that is um, unique and special to his experience that maybe you could relate to and if you don't that doesn't matter. Instead, it's hitting all the key talking points about race and hate and being very generic about it.
0: And here's the th- here's something. And this is actually and maybe I was guilty of this. The world was also unfair to Darius Rucker. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. Unfair. Like we don't we don't need to go to him to necessarily understand how if he doesn't want to talk about his experiences with race no one he doesn't have to he's a black singer in this band is basically what i'm getting at and there were a lot of jokes at the time that he didn't sound black there are a lot of people like wait he's there was a lot of or do you remember that there was a lot of kind of like he, this is a black guy but this is a white band and that's that is actually unfair he's a guy singing he is a black man so that means people are going to notice that and they're bringing preconceived notions and also it does I think still in the 90s, man, it was probably still harder. And we can't, I can't relate to that. I'm neither a musician nor a black man, so I don't, I have the entitlement of being a a white, middle-class couch critic talking about this album. And then hearing this song, which I'd never heard before, I think there was a part of me that's like, this is his song talking about how difficult it is to be a black man, and I'm not getting it. Fuck me for that sentence. Mm. He might, this is, yeah, to 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 stop myself for a minute because I don't want to look like a racist so I'm selfish <laughs> he might be talking about something I just don't get it and it doesn't feel sincere to me he doesn't have to but it just feels like bullshit
1: I don't think any of the things that he's singing about in this song are things that literally he experienced as he sang it I th- but but again I don't know who, yeah, who am you I don't to say? Know. Who am I to say? But, but it comes off as here are the things I might see in a movie about this, you know. It's like uh, yeah, uh, as opposed to a very specific story from his own life, Um, Uh which again, like you're saying, he can write about it any way he wants to. It's it's his prerogative, but I feel like there's no prerogative in the song.
0: If I'm using that word right, which I'm not. Point of view is probably what I meant.
1: Yeah, I think you meant point of view. Prerogative, I think, is choice. It's his prerogative, and he can do what he
0: wants to do. It's his prerogative. It's true. And what he's doing is doing to you. What is the <laughs> next lyric? I don't know. But, but no, I if I was already set to turn it off and I'm going home, I would want to turn off that drowning. But just to, to sit with it for a minute, there it, that is unfair. That's an unfair way that he was treated as a musician. He likes I'm I and and again I'm making that like the dipshit liberal who has it easy because he works at a job where he's surrounded by liberal people. I wouldn't say he can't sing about what it's like to be a black man. He knows, right? So why can't he sing about these other things? Why am I so? I'm stopping myself a little here to give him some space because I'm like, oh wait, this is something I can't relate to, and I shouldn't be judgmental. But why? But I'm judging every song, right? Why does he have to say anything? Why does it matter so much to me that Darius Rucker or any band has to say something? I can just not listen to it. We had to listen to this. This is why. I mean, he, maybe he just enjoyed playing fun songs, <laughs> and maybe they're fun to play. I don't play guitar, but yeah, I, I, I there's no sincerity in this band. Yeah. That's that's a good way to put it. And I feel like everyone was, I do remember people loving this band. That's why it's odd to me that you it seemed like a private thing to you. And I'm just like, yeah, I probably got all worked up because I don't get it. I don't like Hootie and the Blowfish. It's like when we talked about Radiohead last year. I don't get it. I don't like Radiohead. So I'm an outsider. I don't want to be an outsider, even though I do. But everyone's getting something. Everyone's talking about it. Fuck. Mm. Now I'm all worked up and mad. Which is unfair. Because again, they put a, Band together. They performed. Right. They did something, I guess.
1: Give it give it time, Tim. Give it time. Oh, what a relief. That's the next track, Hey, right? Yeah. Count on me to, to keep the ball moving. The old segue. Oh, track eight time.
0: Punny segue. I um. Was this on the radio? Yeah,
1: yeah, this was on the radio. This
0: was. This is a good song. You like the song. I can more than stand this song. This is
1: the one song I remember you would sing. Really? Yeah, you really liked to. I, I always thought you were mocking, but perhaps you were just singing. Uh, along. I, 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 I'm going to guess that I was." Cause you, I don't think it would have been. You, into this you song really yet. like the 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 time refrain. You would sing time over and over again. Um, that was a bit that you did. Really? Yeah.
0: Huh. That's funny because yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> That's the name. That's the theme. I mean, David Bowie has a song called Time. Tom Waits, Richard Hell, Paul Williams. They all have songs called Time. In the last 10 years, all those songs have really
1: hit me. And did this one affect you? Because this one did actually affect me differently than when I heard it then.
0: Yeah, I don't remember liking it then. I wish I could remember because you're saying I had a whole unfunny bit about it. (laughs) This time, when it came on, I'm like, oh, I do know the song. The lyric, I don't believe in time, that's an interesting lyric yeah. to me. And he almost <laughs> does something with it. Actually, it's a good line. He does do something like that. That's That line is like, I hate your answering machine by the replacements. Almost. It's almost like that. Okay. Because it's a feeling. It's a feeling wrapped up in there. There's a lot to unpack in a line. I don't believe in time. Wait, what do you mean you don't believe in time? Everywhere. It exists. We live in it. Or do we live in it? Like, there's a lot you can start thinking about. Yeah. Time and the expiration of time getting older are all themes that I hate. And so songs that touch on that chill me because music can chill you. And in this one, it's a slower song. It's a quieter song. And that, again, that lyric, I don't believe in time, that's great. And he doesn't elaborate on it. He doesn't say, Bobby Dylan said, you know, he doesn't bring in anyone else who's thinking about time. He just says that line. And because it's just out there, I can sit with that. Because it's a it's a well written line, and he's not explaining it. I don't think. I guess he's going ta ah! He's just saying time. Yeah. I'm trying to relive my comical bit of the '90s. But I, what what you you said it hit you differently this time?
1: Yeah. Uh, just for all those things you're you're saying, it's like uh, uh, time keeps moving on, but it doesn't. I don't want to believe in it. I don't want that to happen. Um, time is not my friend I think he says at some point or in some way
0: no that's too bad because that's that's been said
1: before but okay yeah, something to that effect again um, yeah so you and I both I think are in that spot where it's like well wait a minute most of our life has just passed us by and are we where we want to be have we done what we want to do um, how much Which do we have a show
0: where once a week we can trash people who put actual art <laughs> yeah, into the world exactly. yeah we're there <laughs> yeah
1: we're right there Jesus what a douchebag <laughs> I am. put on your baseball cap Tim
0: I don't own a baseball cap I used to have a painter's cap with the Ghostbuster logo on it but did you so what did this song mean to you back then did
1: you like it uh, back then it was just uh, a nice uh, melody it was the slower melody but then the, the chorus picks up so I just I just liked it as a tune not, not as a message. It's
0: a good song, and it doesn't sound like the rest of this album.
1: I think. Yeah, I could, I agree with that. What about track nine? Oh, look away. Here we're, we're getting to the the songs that I don't even know. I, I could, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you the titles, but I listen to them, and I have no idea what they're about or what they sound like. So yeah, look away. I think I almost like this one because yeah.
0: in my notes it says, it's sort of Take Me Home Tonight by Eddie Money. Okay. So I think the music was okay. <laughs> I think if I wasn't so tired by all the other songs, I might have liked this song. But it is forgettable. Yeah. I've got nothing else to say <laughs> about that. Do you? I really do not. Hmm. I mean, this is a this is a long album. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah. We're going, I mean, we're, we're getting up track
1: to- nine, right?
0: That's look away is track 9. Yeah, that doesn't
1: sound like a large number.
0: No, that's true. But, but it it is.
1: It took us a while to <laughs> get
0: this in order. Cuz track 10, not even the trees um Yeah, I this could was this, this could have been a Huey Lewis song maybe? Well, uh Force for, for the, the Trees was Huey Lewis. That's right. Yeah. This yeah, this is just it's like I think he thinks there's a stay, sorry, I think there's a saying in there somewhere to use. Yeah, this is mm, I think he says someone tell me what to do in it. I think he's really asking by the way when he says that, sings that.
1: Is it, it it's got to be about a, a woman again, right? In some they way. They all are. Well,
0: they got it's got to be about himself cuz they all
1: are. And and yes, that's true. Himself and how he's
0: reacting to a woman. Yeah. So I I mean, and I took notes and I have nothing to say. <laughs> this. Oh jeez. But I do have a lot to say about these last two tracks. Oh my gosh,
1: okay. So our penultimate track, number 11. Yeah. Although it's the last track listed on the album, uh, on the CD that I've got. Yeah, I
0: think they're being very generous to calling track 12 a track, Yeah, but yes. Track 11 is a song called Goodbye. Um, We actually hear a new instrument here, a piano, I think. (laughs) Yeah, we don't hear quality. That'd be a nice (laughs) instrument. We hear a piano. No, that's right, because you hear a little piano, and then I think you hear... um, well, I was walking in Memphis. It sounds like that. <laughs> it does. And he can't sing on this. I think one. he even sings walking at one point in this one. Without a G. He can't, this one, he can't carry this tune. His voice is not good on this. No? I don't think so. Because this song, as I was listening to it, I'm like this would have been a nice song to harmonize with. This would have been a nice boys to men song. I'm oh, about yeah. That End of the road song. This would have worked. This is a well written song. And yet, as it came on, I prayed, and I don't believe in anything, so I don't know what I was doing with my hands clasped, but I hoped and asked the universe just to let the Google Play app on my iPhone, just let it crash. (laughs) Because it was just exhausting, because not only (laughs) is it just another track, he can't sing it. I don't know. He's showing off. You know, like when people sing a bunch of notes and they use their hand to trace those notes in the A-R-Z-F each time? That's what this song feels like. That's what it feels like? Yeah, sort of.
1: Uh, I did not like it. I'm, I'm recalling it. Yeah, there's he it does strain to hit some notes. It sounds like,
0: and it just feels like, look what I can do. This song actually, this and the next track. So we might as well say, Motherless Child, a 53 second acapella piece. Is it acapella or is it like just one like acoustic guitar? Oh, maybe it's an acoustic guitar. All I know is one. My app did crash when it started, which I was thankful for, but then I had to restart the app to hear 53 seconds but i don't i think he thinks he's really good on this song motherless child and goodbye i think he thinks he's really doing something and that's why these this album sucks <laughs> he has a self-awareness issue he's not he thinks he's good at what he's doing he's not doing what he's doing and i think and again i don't mean to be speaking of the band as it's just him i think he from what i've read i have read an interview with him in the past i think he's happy doing country music I think he had a bit of a country career, and he's happy with that. So maybe that stuff's more sincere. I'll never listen to it because I'm, I'm not interested. But I feel like this album, they were just we're trying to show you that they could, you know, we're good at this, which is not how I want to experience art because it's not art. It, you can do it for attention. You can do it for money. You can do it for backing sound, and you can do it because apparently it has an audience because this album was huge. Yeah. Have you figured out why you
1: liked it? What was that? It was a ginormous album. Yeah. And and they were a huge band um, at that time. Sure. And uh, yeah, I I guess I just keep going back to the fact that I think it was just um, this harmless music that was interesting enough at the time and just non-threatening, enjoyable blandness maybe i was just a little tired of the the nirvana and the pearl jam and the and the um the rage and the and the self-loathing that maybe they had uh in their songs and their lyrics and maybe i just needed a a a palate cleanser with hootie that's what this was maybe that's what that was
0: huh because i was gonna say like you were into you know, talk about dangerous music or whatever. You had you had already explored a lot of music when this. By the time this came, a little bit, yeah, a little. Okay, maybe not a lot, a little bit, but though. No. So that's interesting that there was something. But what was it? What was the familiar thing that you were resting back to? Because that makes sense, by the way. College, trying something new, being in the city. You've been there for a year, trying out new things, finding some solace. That's all nostalgia is, right? that's what fucking this show is about <laughs> that's what these cartoons and this plastic toy and all these things are about so it's but it's interesting cuz this was something new that you went to to
1: regain that feeling a past feeling yeah it, it that's all i can really see it's hard to it's hard to make that um that claim now because it's hard to know for sure that that's what it was but it it seems to make sense, just in the way that I've listened to music, um, and it also makes sense that it didn't stick with me. Um, and if I go and like, it's it's not nostalgia for me now. Um, oh, it's not. No, like, listening
0: to this. There's nothing nostalgic about putting this out. No,
1: around. I mean, there's just that moment, those, those fleeting feelings, because it does, it does sound like 1994. I can see the room. I see where my desk is that, that, that I'm listening to it as I try and do some homework or something. I can, I can hear, I can hear the songs and picture Boston and and all the things uh, from that time and that era. I can do that with a lot of other music too, but I don't. Want to do it with this one? I'd rather go back and listen to <laughs> "Into Into Your Arms," um, or, or By "The Lemonheads," yeah, or something else. And if I really want the nostalgia for this kind of decent pop music that really has nothing major to say, I'd much rather do that with Huey Lewis and the News. Sure. So why do you think all your friends are excited? I for don't this? know, and maybe but they just—maybe they're going to get to that concert and start to feel the same way you and I are. It's like. The fuck am I listening to right now?
0: I don't know because they're going to be surrounded. Yeah, it's going to be a sea of that. I think nostalgia can do that. We can change our perceptions of something by right? being surrounded by fellow fans. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can be, you can, you know, be sitting there with everyone dressed up as, you know, whatever Star Trek character <laughs> oh, okay. they're dressed up as, and I suddenly you're going to go like push. your favorite
1: generic frat boy. But okay.
0: As well, yeah, you could you could be there dressed up as your favorite mentally abusive dickwad, but and again, I don't mean to be gender specific. Uh, there there are shit sororities as well, probably. I don't know, um, but I don't know. I it's it's weird to me that they can come back and be. I mean, it's not weird to me. I guess this is what nostalgia is. People, my guess. I was trying to get this from you is that your friends who are excited for this band are forcing their fandom a little bit. They're a little more excited and speaking about it than they actually are. And the, because <clears throat> if Hootie and the Blowfish came through to, I don't want to say a local bar, but a smaller club venue, they probably wouldn't go. Because mm. these are big stadium shows, right? Uh, that's my presumption. Um... These are big tickets. Look at the money I paid to go see Hootie and the Blowfish. I don't think people would would pay a fair amount to see them. I think they'll pay too much to see them. <laughs> it's more like they're just a fan of their college years. Right. Yeah. And this is a good representation of that because people are dicks in college. <laughs> people will do horrible things to get laid in college. People put on phony opinions to try to get noticed in college and shh. So why not have a soundtrack to that, which should be Dave Matthews, not Hootie and Blowfish? I appreciate you picking this, and not Dave Matthews, because I like one Dave Matthews song, and even that, I'm like, oh, why do I like Crash Into Me? The amount of aggression that I felt towards this band is aimed, like most things, more at the fans, probably. Okay. Because I can be annoyed by everything that I think is sincere that I said. But I'm on a podcast where we have to talk about I, this. For
1: me, I think I could go another decade before I have to listen to the songs again. But in that decade's time, um, 10 years from now, I'll, I'll look back on this album and enjoy them once more for a little bit. And then be like, you know what? I can't. I, I got to wait another decade before I listen to them again. So you can listen to it two more times? I mean, how old do you think you're going to get? <laughs> I think it, uh, what do we got I'm going to hope you? two more times. Yes. Okay. Okay.
0: And listeners, you can tune in to our 497th episode in
1: 2029.
0: But this episode you just heard, you can listen to it again if you want, I guess, by either rewinding it on your device or going to 20popcast.com the website for this show which show 20th century pop uh, our bi-weekly look at pop culture you can visit visit us visit to us I'm having trouble now at 20popcast.com where you can always listen to the most recent episode this one you can find links to all of our past episodes so you can hear those as well you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other places like that you can also follow us on Instagram follow us on Twitter both at 20 popcast um, you can follow me. I've got links there. Bob, what about you? Uh, you can
1: follow me on Twitter as well, at RH Canning. Um, yeah, tweet us, comment. Are you a fan of Hootie? Do you disagree with everything Tim and I have just said? Or are you in Hootie? And I'm sorry we didn't mention you because
0: we only know the one guy. Um, well, I mentioned two other guys, not by name. But no, you called one tall and one fat. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I think he, Laurel and Hardy apparently are in <laughs> And any other (laughs) comedy duo worth one of their members' weights. Um, Did I jump into that too fast? Did you have more to say? No, that was enough. That is enough. This album is enough. I don't know. I'm curious. Am I curious? I guess. You are. It's weird. I never think of this band. No. It's it's interesting that you brought it It's too. And
1: again, I only did because of this tour and then this surprising reaction from my friends, uh, my online friends. Um, And so I wanted to come back to it. Tony
0: college douchebag friends. Yeah.
1: I wonder if they're listening to the album again, or if they just did exactly what you, maybe they just posted that they were excited to see they were on tour just, just to have that, that fleeting moment again of, uh, college camaraderie. I don't, I don't know. Maybe your friends are in the band, the Blowfish. Could be. You
0: know, there's a guided by voices song called Postal Blowfish.
1: I don't think I did know that
0: not great, but I would listen to that for 12 times before listening to this album again. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> in, a, in a two weeks <laughs> with our 99th episode, which promises to take a look back at all of our great 98th episodes. <sighs> <sighs> I was walk- I can't. I was going to put that down. I don't want to pay money oh. to... Who sings that? Who sings "Walking Into Memphis? Oh, it's Mark it's something. Yeah, Mark... Put on my blue switch. Mark shoes. Summers. Cohen. Mark, Mark Cohen. Cohen, yeah. Mark Summers. Yeah. <laughs> but pull the flag out of my big nose and i Oh, man. Got slime on the plane. I don't know. That's Gak. Some... I guess it's
1: called Gak. That's some.
0: Touchdown in the giant <laughs> nose. I don't remember the other aspects of Double the Dare. Oh, there's a nose. <laughs> in the middle of the Double Dare game. I don't know. Touchdown. <laughs> Touched. I can't do it. Oh, man. Gak. The Delta Gag? Oh, there was it was the big nose. You had to pick a flag out of
1: it. I, okay.
0: On double A, not in not in the, right. not in the Mark Cohen album. <laughs> His album was not Gak related.